This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that admits to having worn gloves when the weather is brass monkeys. Now, uh, I feared that Burnley might get one over Chelsea on Sunday, especially since our talisman, Eden Hazard, was absent injured. The sight of Alvaro Morata wearing gloves did not exactly instill confidence. But Chelsea brushed a poor Burnley aside with arguably their best performance of the season. Ross Barkley continued his excellent form with a goal and two assists. Willian stepped up to the plate in the absence of Eden Hazard. And even Alvaro Morata looked a different player, getting stuck in, scoring one goal, and in truth could have had a hat-trick. Was it the gloves he was wearing? Or maybe he's been on a diet of black pudding and Eccles cakes, and this brought out his inner northerner. Questions, questions. Anyway... (laughs) As a result, Chelsea are still unbeaten and Sarri is now the first Chelsea manager to remain unbeaten in his first 10 games. The real question, though, is have we seen the future without Eden Hazard? There you go. Now, the Chelsea fancast number 438, hand in glove. Clever. Thank you, thank you, J.K. Now uh, on the show, uh, it's kind of a I quite we did a, we did three as the magic number last week, didn't we, J.K.? And that worked, worked very yeah. well. And uh, yeah. three is the very magic number this week. I've got your good self, of course. How are you? Very good, thank you. My last week helped that Liam was involved, wasn't it? Because mm. he could get on with it, couldn't he? Really? He so could. Uh, yeah. No pressure. Took... No pressure, nope. Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just fill it with smutty innuendo and swear words. I know, I know. What's what? What's new? Um, um, yeah. I just quickly before we get on, I just should should say to J.K. and Marco. I know Marco's not here, but to J.K., well done on Friday. Excellent show. Really sorry that I, I it took me six fecking hours to drive back from Exeter. Unbelievable. Were you stuck in a jam, Chich? Mate, it was a nightmare. I mean, I left at three. Uh, it took me three and a half hours to get there in the morning, so I just thought, oh, it'd take me three and a half hours to get back there. 
in the afternoon. Anyway, I left at three, and the M5 was a nightmare, so I bailed out of that, and it just got worse and worse and worse. worse. And worse. Yeah, and I ended yeah. up on the A303, and then we just ground to a halt. And so, what a nightmare! The, uh, the show was helped by um, uh, by me not being there, by you not being there, Chich. No, no, <laughs> exactly. no. By uh... <laughs> that's what I was saying to my wife. No, I, made I wasn't going to be saying that. No, no, no. By um. The uh, Aaron being engaged, very engaged, and um, uh, and the guests that we had on, who were uh, top notch, uh, Aurelius ringing in every week is uh, such fun, actually. Mm. Um, um, you know, so guys, anybody listening, please do ring in the show because uh, um, it, it really adds to it. It's good to hear people that we we uh, communicate with on Mixler or even on the on Twitter. Yeah phoning in it just adds to it with your views engage, it's, it's great engage. that's exactly what i'm saying please engage with us please do you know, that's what it's all about you know what's the point of I doing know. a flaming live radio show which has got a telephone number if if people don't don't phone in you know otherwise it's just like doing this show you know but anyway whatever um anyway talking about this little show uh what have we got on tonight well uh, we're going to be asking with chelsea still unbeaten can we really challenge for the title and with chelsea purring without Hazard. Can we actually envisage a future without him? Uh, in part two, we give the plaudits to Ross Barkley, William and Alvaro Morata, and we pick up on Sari's comments that Barkley and Loftus-Cheek could well play together. Uh, in part three, we look back at the Barté borisov match and Ruben Loftus-Cheek's hat-trick, and uh, we look ahead to the return of Frank Lampard and Jody Morris on Wednesday when Chelsea play Frank Lampard's Derby County, which, as we all know, for legal reasons, they have to be called that now. Uh, that's in the Carabao Cup match on Wednesday. Uh, FLD, FLDC, they're now called. FLDC, I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's like the fun-loving, dense criminals. Ah, yeah, better. That's yes, better. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to see them in March, funnily enough. Anyway, um, yeah. right. Uh, we've also got, this is exciting, chaps. We've got uh, more competitions this week. We're giving you another chance to enter the competition to win a really rare DVD of the Bobby uh, Tambling film made by Chris Barnett. Uh, it's called Bobby Tambling 202. Uh, the DVD is signed by the great man himself. If you don't believe me, I will take some pictures later and put them on Twitter and Facebook. But the bottom line is, is that this film has been made really just for online distribution at uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Fan 12. Um, so they've only made 25 DVDs. Most of them are going to people like Bruce Buck and Bobby Tambling and people who helped make the film. So, you know, this is really rare. You need to get on this, people, because it, it's, you know, this is superb. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, um, we've also got another competition and we're going to be giving away tickets to the Chelsea versus Crystal Palace match this Sunday, courtesy of Hyundai. So all that's coming up at the end of part three. So make sure... Blimey. You... Yeah, blimey, blimey JK. Blimey. And, of course, as JK and Alex will know... Uh, this is this is coming late. This wasn't even in the original script, so I, I got texted by Hyundai later on this afternoon. So this is good stuff. Anyway, uh, that's coming up in part end of part three. So make sure you're still tuned in for then. Don't bugger off because you're bored. You know because you're missing is, is that stuff. Is, is that Dave Hyundai? Dave Hyundai. No, it's 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 Mickey. Oh, Mick Hyundai. Mickey oh, Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His brother. It's his brother. All right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, in part four, uh, we've got a roundup of all the supporters' new Chelsea supporters' news, and uh, of course, you know, I'm, I think duty requires that we reflect on a rather grim weekend for Chelsea, uh, for football supporters, and you know, stuff that resonated with us as Chelsea supporters, really, with the news of the uh, death in a helicopter crash of Leicester City's owner, 
And, uh, of course, Glenn Hoddle being seriously ill with a heart attack. Uh, right. Uh, don't forget, of course, you can listen to this show live every Monday live. at 7 o'clock of the hour. Uh, of course, the Yanks all got caught out today, Jonathan, because, of, of course, you know, our clocks went back yesterday and theirs didn't. So some of them are hanging around in Mixler for an hour, bless them. So there you go. Oh, dear. What have they done? No, they're still here. They, they realise. They realise what's going on. Anyway. Have they, have they just communicated <clears throat> with each other? Yeah, they do. They're all right. They're all right. They probably, do went, they? Oh, they probably had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. Oh, yes. Uh, they yes. like that, don't they? They do. They? They do. Yes. And, some, and some apple pie. Oh, yeah. they love and that. And some black yes. coffee. They like that. Any don't. grits, do you think? Oh, they maybe grits. grits. Maybe grits, yes. yeah. Yes. What, well, I'm just trying to think of those biscuits and gravy, much beloved of, uh, of Clifford. Cravello from Oklahoma. Maybe that's an Oklahoman delicacy. I don't know. Anyway, we're waffling on. Basically, get on the bloody show, Mixler, every Monday, 7 o'clock, uh, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast. If you do that, you can join in the burgeoning chat room where loads of people who listen live all sit and ignore what we're waffling on about and talk to each other, uh, usually much more sensibly than we do. Great fun. Do right now they're out. sitting there cussing you for saying that biscuits and gravy is an Oklahoma thing. Every southerner in America is now out to get you. Well, Jim. only because that's what <laughs> I was told by Clifford Cravello. Don't take, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> shoot the target. The target is Clifford Cravello. I will email you his address later. Anyway, um, where was I? Yes, yes. Apart from the Mixler stuff, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast, and uh, we will endeavour to get back to you. Right after this break, we'll be talking about Burnley versus Chelsea. Okay, so uh, uh, very annoying for me, very annoying for me. Um, it, you know, my fat ego meant that I, I agreed to do, uh, present, in fact, the, uh, the Love Sport Sunday afternoon show. Uh, and I was mindful that, uh, that Chelsea were playing Burnley up there. Um, but uh, I kind of thought, oh, you know, be on the telly. I can, I can kind of watch it while the program, while I'm doing the show. And, uh, and was it on the telly? Was it hell? So, uh, of course, you know, I had to sit in a studio with uh, with the Arsenal Palace game on. And, uh, you know, I was trying to keep up to date with what was going on on my phone. Most unsatisfactory. So a bit annoying for me. Uh, but I, I, I realised that, you know, that was the case for many people with the game without the game being on TV. But enough of my woes. Uh, I think the first notable thing, really, um, you know, I, one of the reasons why I thought we might we might. Uh, you know, come a cropper there. It had banana skin written all over it for me. And one of the reasons for that was that, of course, if, if we had won, which of course we did, uh, then then uh, Sarri would be the first Chelsea manager to remain unbeaten in his first 10 Premier League matches in charge. And considering our illustrious recent past, that, that's no mean feat. So I thought, therefore, we were nailed on uh, to lose. But of course, what happened instead... I mean, I think, without kind of seeing the whole match, I, I put my hand up and accept that, but I think, Jonathan... That was probably our best performance of the season. Would I be right? Other than the first 10 minutes, Chidge, when we yes, were very is, under yeah, the cosh. Yeah, Sarri said but, that himself, didn't he? 
Um, yes, I think yeah, he did. did yes, yeah. he's, well, he, once again, he cited them being very physical. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's aware that players, are, uh, that opposition players, are trying to kick us off the park to, to kind of teach us a lesson and wear us down. And they also tried that um, uh, going down the right hand side a lot. That appeared to be their main source of attacks with big long crosses in the first 10 minutes but just generally pressing us and I thought we dealt with it rather well actually um uh Louise was outstanding during that period and I think the defense just coped very well and uh, um I think they all did well Asby did very well did Rudiger in that in that in that situation um but then we very surely but slowly stamped our authority on it and uh as you say, the, uh, the the football was fantastic and it, it it ranks amongst the performances. But um, I think as we're going to get on to, uh, they're not one of the best sides at the moment. I think they've been affected, Burnley, because um, uh, they didn't seem to have the same application. And also that Ashley Barnes wasn't playing for them. And I'd have given put him on to play against us regardless because he always seems to score or kick somebody or just, or just perform out of his skin against us. But um, him and Wood, who I thought were terrific last year, neither of them was playing. Mm. So, uh, but, um, and who was it? That boy, Brady, who scored a, a very good free kick against us when we drew 1-1 season before last. He um, uh, he didn't look very good, actually. <laughs> didn't look as good. Now, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm fond of Burnley. I'm fond of why, Burnley why because... That? Well, because I think, he, he does fantastically with not great players, mm. old Dyche. And I think him and Eddie Howe or, uh, should be praised for their ability to keep them in the division. And I think last season they played out of their skins to get to the Europa League. And I think they've been affected by playing in the Europa League because yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think they've got the same energy. And I think they're getting better. But, you know, we were the worst team to play because we, we, were, we were very good. So when you're saying best performance, I thought we were terrific as the game went on. And and um, uh, I think Maratta's gloves must have been Drogba's originally because um, it was it was he, he suddenly played. I mean, considering he was so useless on Thursday, and the same with William. William was terrible on Thursday, and of course the Twitterati were out to get him, and he was superb yesterday. Yeah. I mean, absolutely fantastic, and I felt. Bizarrely, he raised his game because Hazard wasn't playing, yeah. and uh, you know I think we're going to get onto that, we aren't we? Indeed. Um, we but uh, no, I I um uh, I thought it was a terrific performance. But like you, Chidge, I spend the first few minutes because you know you're saying banana skin. I'm I'm watching it, thinking, oh my god, they're going to score. Oh shit, how are we going to get? How are we going? What are we going to do? Are we going to come back from this? Because you know they're up north, and you think, oh, it's a bit cold, and what's going to happen? Oh dear, um, and yet. We've got to have faith in this team. Mm. I'll keep going on about it. You know, he's a wonderful manager. We've got a brilliant player in Jorginho. And, of course, Kante's brilliant. And in the end, they get worn down. And we're always going to score in the last few minutes. So there's always a goal there. So if we've scored goals earlier on, we're going to score a hatful. Mm. Uh, no, it was, it, was, it was wonderful. And can I say that I watched it um, uh, at midnight, having spent the whole of the day not tuned into social media, um, and ignoring the phone if anybody rang to say, oh, we were really good, weren't we? And hiding so that I could watch it on Chelsea TV at midnight. Mm. Uh, I, I was that dedicated oh, to well it. And I, it's like, but like in the likely lads, I expected any minute somebody to, in the street almost to say, you know, when I went out to you know change, put something in the bins and somebody would sh just shout out across the road, you know, a complete stranger going past, oh, great, 4-0. 
I just I felt that would happen, you know, yeah. but, but but it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. So well, uh, I mean, fair it was, play it was to a you. joy. I mean, I, I had to get up at stupid o'clock this morning, so I, I only. I, oh no, I, me too. I, yeah, me too as well. well. I, I spent the whole of the really? day like a zombie. Yeah, well, I can't but, do uh, that because it's not very useful for my clients. Anyway, Alex. No, uh, no, indeed. Um, you know, are did you, you impressed think... that I actually get that likely lads reference? Yeah, I am actually because you're way they too sh- young to get that. They showed it on UK Gold. Oh, right. It's a classic episode. Brilliant. It anyway. is a classic. It's a classic, yeah. Alex, yeah. Uh, did you think it was yeah. a good performance? Is the best of us the best of the season so far or what? Um, it was up there, but let's not forget that this was the worst Burnley team we've ever seen when we've been up there to play them. Usually they at least kind of bully us a bit, get stuck in, and they were really, really awful yesterday. They were like that and it helps as well that this whole if you can't join them and be good at football just beat them that everyone's got going on with us it didn't work because we're actually quite resilient at standing up to that um so it was it was probably the worst i've ever seen burnley play against us up well, at theirs. I mean, they well, usually I mean, make that a really difficult visit but i think alex alex i mean was it was it that we were very good or was it that burnley were very poor uh, they were very poor and we were good but yeah. the huge huge difference is that this Sarri thing works if you take your chances on goal, which we did yesterday. The problem comes, as in the last few weeks, when we just don't break the opposition down and we don't score and we leave ourselves susceptible, then we look a little bit fragile against better teams. But when we take our chances, we are very, very going to be very, very difficult to beat, I think. Mm. OK, well, here's the question then, because... Uh... You know, like I said, I, I, I was particularly worried because, you know, I mean, let's forget Barte Borisov, which we'll get onto later because they were a pub side. Um, but, um, you know, as you said, Burnley, Burnley quite often, uh, you know, they beat us last season, for goodness sake. So they're no mugs, especially at home. And we have really struggled, I think, in games where, where Hazard hasn't played. In fact, I'd go so far as to say, you know, that we look very ordinary. Um but the reality is we've scored seven goals in two games without Hazard. And I thought, um, you know, again, we'll get onto this later, but I thought William in particular really stepped up to the plate. So, you know, the question, we all think he's going to stay. I, I mean, most of the people that I talk to now seem to think he's going to stay. I mean, even Henry Winter at the, at the, at the Sports Trust SGM thought he was going to stay. So maybe we, maybe, we shouldn't, by... maybe we shouldn't panic, but... Um, you know, it tells me that actually we've got some pretty good players coming through and maybe we can survive if he goes. Maybe we should stop panicking. I don't think that's... I don't think... Oh, go on, sorry, darling. Sorry, I was darling. just going to say, the more Conte's linked with Real yeah. Madrid, yeah. the better it is for us in that respect. Um, his dream was to play for Zidane at Real Madrid and that can't come true now. So if we, uh, we manage to profit from that, that would be absolutely outstanding. I just don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves in the fact that the two teams we've beaten in the last week and scored those goals against were terrible. Um, and had we been playing a really key fixture without him, I think it would have been a very different story still at the moment. But no, we are not a one-man team by any means. Mm, but okay. yeah, I'm, like you, I'm I'm not convinced that at the moment we have the players to become um, part of the elite, which is what we're striving for. Mm. Um, and I, I, we're not we're not quite as we're not as good as as City or even possibly Liverpool. I think we could beat them, but uh, I think consistently 
the 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 I watched City in the Champions League last week, and they were completely superb. They're wonderful, and I and I agree completely. I think we need to play. We need to test ourselves against uh, the top teams before we can say that we're, we've got great players. You know, and he's thinking. I mean, I I think there's improvement. The big thing he's going in for is improvement, and we can honestly say that both Barkley and Loftus Cheek have improved, mm. and and it's and it's been great to see. Um, I mean, there are other players sliding down the back of that, like Fabregas because he's just getting older and Moses has slid off the other way. Completely. Oh, well, Moses can't. Yeah, we will discuss you that can, in the, the debate. Every single player play better, then arguably it's going to be much better for the team. And he seems to have that going on at the moment. I think the, the freedom they've got under him as opposed to being micromanaged, which is uh, niggling every one of them almost under Conte, um, is telling as well. Um, they seem much more relaxed. And obviously you don't want them too relaxed but you don't want everybody wound so tight they can't play properly um although i have noticed that there's been a few rucks now between uh louise and keppel which are quite funny mm. okay well uh, look i think the reality is and i think actually to his credit as again i mean I, I mentioned this on uh i don't know maybe the friday show a few weeks ago but uh the, one of the things that really impresses me about sarri is he's unlike a lot of uh, managers who, who kind of try and play mind games and stuff or are somewhat economical with the truth, he's absolutely straightforwardly honest. And very few of the journalists seems to have, seem to have picked up on this. You and know, he doesn't actually, he's not obsessed with hearing the sound of his own voice, which is a trait among Premier League managers um, mm. at the upper end of the, the title. They like to pontificate um, up the league and... And they like to hear their own voice, and he doesn't, and and that's refreshing, especially after we've had God love him and checkbook Pulis on and off for so many years as well, and all that drama. The fact that he just gives them no quarter to make any drama about him is is really refreshing. Yeah, and the point that I was going to make was that, of course, he said that uh, yes, we did do well without Hazard, but you know, Hazard is a world class player, and I think Jonathan's point is absolutely bang on. You know. We, if we want to be competing for titles and, you know, getting deep into Europe, hopefully winning it again, you need world-class players. So, uh, you know, I, I think there is a future without Hazard, but I think that with Hazard there, you know, we are always in with a chance of winning something. And this kind of brings me to my next point. Uh, Can I just say that we've one thing we've missed is thanking Thibaut for doing everything in his capacity to convince Hazard not to go and join Real Madrid by letting in like five a week. It's much appreciated. Was was that statement that he's supposed to have made during the week about, oh my God, um, I tried to avoid both um, Conte and, uh, and Mourinho and now they're both being linked with Real Madrid. Was that completely made up? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if the idiot had said something along those lines. But um, no, I, I just think it's quite amusing. Five, five at the weekend in his debut El Clasico. But, Thanks, uh, the, mate. The standard this evening are saying that they're, they're trying to get Conte to, uh, uh, to become the next Real Madrid manager. He's in which case, Hazard definitely won't go there. So. Hurrah! Hurrah! I don't actually agree <laughs> with that. I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, that I don't. We we don't know for a fact whether Hazard uh, completely fell out with uh, Conte. We know the Brazilians did, and he's a oh, professional. I don't think it's about and if they pay, if they pay him enough money, he'll probably go. I don't know. I don't think it's so much about playing money. I think it would be about the meltdowns and the style of football. I don't think it's necessarily a personal 
dislike, but Conte went out from us the same way he went out from Juventus. And if you're Hazard and you're wanting your dream move to Real Madrid, do you want a Real Madrid in turmoil with Conte with the sulk on again? Do you want to do you want to live that professional experience again? I think is what's in our favour. I don't think it's necessarily that he just hates the sight of Conte and wouldn't want to be near him. And also play the false nine where the ball is booted up to you and you're in the middle yeah. and uh, and you have to try and head it. He was pretty pissed off then, I remember that. Jonathan, um, I mean, what we're leading up to here, and I think going on the back of what I was saying about Hazard, and, and you know, even though we played really well yesterday without him, he is still our key and most important player. And of course, with him fit, and this is the key, I think, given the clattering he's getting at the moment, um, you know, a lot of people in the media were saying, oh, bloody hell, Chelsea, yeah, maybe they can win the title this year. So what do you reckon? Um, I'm sort of too long in the tooth to believe that we could possibly win it because I'm always looking at the uh, the negatives. Um, but I've, I've been pretty positive this year about Sarri, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to believe that we uh, we could. I think it's um, I think it goes down to uh, um, playing uh, City and Arsenal and United again and. Um, how many points we get from playing those top teams? Because um, I think we're we're pretty good at dispensing with the uh, the lower sides who can't really live with us. Um, I thought we did very well against Liverpool at home, uh, and it was only down to that goal at the end. But they we were lucky in that. I think we've had a, a, a reasonable amount of luck. Um, I'm still get slightly worried by the fact that uh, on occasions we don't consistently play his style as we did against United, where we resorted to long ball in the second half because we were duffed up a bit. And, uh, and I, I, we have moments where I, I don't see the pressing. And, um, and, and that's the essential. I mean, there, was, uh, um, there were several examples of that when Burnley had the ball and nobody, uh, if the ball was given out by the goalkeeper, and we'd, we'd all backed off. And I thought, um, surely the whole press, the whole idea is we've got to be on top of them all the time. And it's almost as if we have these momentarily, these momentary lapses of concentration with doing what he requires. So I think, I think he's pleased with the progress, but I still don't think it's, it's finished. I think the fact that we're winning while we're still not the finished article, I think is very commendable. I mean, I would, I think he's up for us making more of a, um, of a fist of it next year. But next season, but you know, so I, I, the higher we can get up, the better. I think as long as we keep we keep within you know two or three points of the of the leaders, but, uh, up, and then de- de- December, I think, is the time that we'll know whether we can win it or not, because uh, um, we'll have got better at doing what he wants because they'll have practiced it more. I think they're getting better all the time. Other than that second half, I think that was a bit of a United second half. That was a bit of an eye opener. Because we were out muscled, and Mourinho did, you know, was Mourinho, and uh, farted about with everything, and time wasted, and did everything you'd expect him to do, and found us out a bit. But I think if he can correct that, I have every faith in him, because uh, as you say, yesterday was very possibly one of one of our best performances, and uh, um, uh, I think I think I have to say I think Barkley's quite key to all of this, because um, uh, his goal scoring ability means the goals are coming from another route rather than... Um, uh, and if Morata starts carrying on, we're going to get onto this, aren't we? And I'm, I'm going ahead here. Um, but yes, let's discuss this afterwards. No, I, but I think he's pretty key and I think we can discuss him in, uh, in the next part, can't we? 
Alex, do you reckon we can win the title? Uh, if we do, it's going to be the same situation as when we won it in Conte's first season. It'll be a big surprise um, because, as J.K. says, he's aiming for next year. I think. Mm. I think that you can see that, like you can see them gradually getting used to what he wants from them. But we're definitely not the finished article yet. I do think it's going to be ridiculously tight at the top this season, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, It'll come uh, down to one catastrophic shit game or. Look, my own, my own view on the title is that I think that, you know, given, like Jonathan was saying, if, if, we're, if we're still a work in progress and yet we're unbeaten, you know, the only team that's unbeaten in any competition, we're, uh, we're second at the moment, depending on what happens with Tottenham and City tonight. Um, just think how, how good it will be when, when, he, when he's got us figured out, you know, and he's got us playing exactly how he wants. So I think given... Given that, I, I think there's a chance at the moment. I really, really do. You know, I don't buy into this media-driven bollocks that, you know, Liverpool are the, are the second coming of Christ and that Man City are just unbeatable. It's not true, you know. They're going to be involved with Europe as well. I think that's probably the only thing that might scupper us, actually, and that's that's uh, injuries and the the workload of, of the Europa League. But we shall see. Anyway, look, after the break, uh, we're going to tuck into giving lots and lots and lots of plaudits to Ross Barkley, William and Maratta, and we're also going to pick up on Sarri's comments that Barkley and Loftus-Cheek can play together. We'll be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And I'm joined by the wonderful uh, Jonathan Kidd and the delightful Alex Churchill. How are you both? They're all fine. Lovely. Now, a quick reminder, uh, peeps, uh, do go and visit our website, chelseafancast.com. You know, you've got some great blogs on there. Simon Phillips, Dean Mears, uh, Jonathan... Um, oh, Jonathan Ellis, loads and loads of people right on there. Alex, I managed to get her blog out nice and quick this week because I happened to see it and and put it out. So, yeah, go go and check it out. Always some good stuff there. Right. Um, now, what I really want to talk about uh, at this particular juncture is um, the wonderful, wonderful uh, Ross Barkley. And it was so good to to hear Sarri uh, complimenting him so greatly and saying, you know, he's basically the complete player. I think it's fantastic and a real credit to Ross Barkley that he knuckled down, you know, got fit. Uh, from what I hear, he's, you know, always, you know, first in, last out on training. He's really working hard at his game and he's clearly uh, taking to some quality coaching from Sarri. And I, there was a moment in the, uh, in, the, in the game yesterday. Now, OK, I know he two assists, superb goal and all of that, but I was also equally impressed by the fact that he tracked all the way back almost to our own corner flag to tackle somebody and win the ball back. So, you know, he, he I mean, and he, and he clearly kept Kovacic out, I would say, um, although maybe Kovacic is carrying an injury. But No, um, he's not. And he actually made a statement yesterday, Kovacic, about saying he? he wasn't sure whether he would be, um, it was early days to discuss whether he'd be, he'd be uh, uh, staying permanently at Stamford Bridge, because I think he's got the gist of what's happening. 
that he might not be able to, you know, move either Loftus Cheek or or Barkley out, or Barkley certainly at the Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. Well, that was the reason he first came, when he first came to Stamford Bridge. He said, "Thank goodness I'm being appreciated." And of course, now not being picked, I think he thinks isn't being appreciated. It doesn't help that those two are banging them in, and he shoots like he's the new Mikel when it comes oh, that, to shooting. So that's in- entirely. I know that's not entirely what they're there for in their positions it shouldn't be it's not like they're strikers where it's the be all and end all but if the other two are just doing it for fun and you got you you strike at the goal and it hits the roof then and if the other two in the picking order aren't you exactly the other two in midfield are Jorginho and Kante neither of whom are known for their goal scoring efforts and it's uh, it means you're not going to have anybody from midfield scoring so the very fact that Ross appears and and bangs them in. I must say that the pass from Morata was exquisite, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, and also with him, it's like having a baby Lampard. Yeah. Isn't it? And also, Loftus Cheek, I said that he, the position he was in to get his first in the uh, Europa League game the other day as well was a Lampard position. That was him sitting on the edge of the six-yard box as the ball came in. Um, yeah, because we, I don't think I don't think Zappacosta was aiming for him. No, not at all. I think they, just did a kind of oops, I'll get it into the penalty area. And he just happened to come and kind of the edge and, and place it rather beautifully in the corner. It was very it was very frank like the shot yeah. actually. Wasn't it? I'm he swept, for, he swept um, it in. Yeah, I mean I'm pleased for Loftus cheek that he's he's coming along in the last week or so and that he's had a chance to do his thing. But I think we're really specifically more talking about Barkley, aren't we? Because like sustained now for a few weeks, he's just giving us something entirely different to what any other player does in terms of the ball he plays and the runs he makes and what he does. Um, Andy scoring as well and it makes me laugh my head off because everybody mm. who thought he'd be totally awful um, for fifteen million pounds, we could never, never lose with that. You could because you, you were always you could always possibly have got this, or at worst he'd just end up being injured all the time. And really now in today's transfer market, fifteen million is peanuts anyway. So you should have always taken the chance on him. But we are getting the deal that I think we hoped we'd get when we laid mm. that money out. He must be credit for somebody there, shouldn't there, in the board. Somebody in the board must get the credit for that. Hang on, JK, you want to give someone credit in the board? That's not how how we do things on social media. Don't we have to go on there and blame them for everything? For everything, absolutely. Everything. Sorry, how dare I? Late buses. Slow internet connections. (laughs) World hunger. The board. Having a a full bladder. The board. (sighs) Sorry, Judge. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think he's clearly the most improved player in the team. And I think it's a delight. I, I always thought he was a good player. You know, when he when he broke through, um, you know, to the England squad in 2014 at the age that he was, that tells you that he's got something about him. He's got a huge talent, but I think he's getting better and better and better tactically and physically. And, you know, his game management seems to be improving. And I think a lot of that credit goes down to him for the hard work he's putting in, but also to Sarri for the, the work that he's doing with him. I mean, you know, you, you talked about his uh, about Frank Lampard, didn't you, Alex? And actually, I mean, he's now scored three and three. And I, I heard some, some weird stat, uh, I think it was yesterday, that he's the first Chelsea player to do so since Frank Lampard, which seems remarkable. But yeah. there you go. Yeah, so he's... So I think he's, we're seeing as well, all of that promise was like... Ross Barkley, the boy, um, whereas he has in the last couple of months, I think, become Ross Barkley, the man, in terms mm. of a player. That's not even making any comments about his backside, but he's definitely looking like 
the finished article now, isn't he? I mean, yeah, and I think yeah. I think he's maturing mentally as well. The Greek god he's looking like. I know, and then he speaks, and you think, oh no. Don't speak. No, um, no. I, I don't really have much of a... I'm not surprised by this because there were some games he had for Everton where he was completely outstanding. And it was that period that he played 20 times for England, wasn't it? So it's, it's not really... Uh, he sort of went off the boil a bit. But the fact, the fact that he can come back and play this way shouldn't really be a surprise to us because he was so good for Everton for a period. So I, I think, think people have got short memories about that. I don't want to keep, I don't just want to sit here and bash Everton either, but the, the difference in his physical, physicality and his fitness, oh, yeah. I don't think that's just down to the fence. Yeah, look, 35 minutes for me to mention his bum, Dean Mears says I'm slacking. But um, I, <laughs> I think Everton didn't deal with his injuries in the best way for him. I'm not saying that what they do is bad for players, but clearly whatever they were doing to keep him fit and healthy was not working for him and whatever we're doing has had the complete opposite effect since he arrived at us I'm now being informed by I knew I'd be picked up on this but Blue in Oz says he's the first English uh, player to score three and three for Chelsea since Frank Lampard so fair enough I mean the question is guys I mean you know we've we've been moaning for a considerable amount of time really about well certainly since Frank Lampard left to be honest uh, about the lack of goals we get from midfield um, you know, could he be the goal-scoring midfielder we've been looking for since Frank left? And let's face it, he does wear number eight, Jonathan. Well, it, it could be him or uh, uh, Loftus-Cheek. It could be both of them. Mm. Brilliant uh, competition between the two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it, we, we're suddenly faced with, uh, mm. with the possibility of, uh, of two players coming really good, both of whom... And you can see why uh, Kovacic is a bit glum sitting in there yeah. with them. Completely. Oh, well... Sorry, mate. <laughs> if you ask where any of our loyalties lie, it will be with the homegrown player and the English player, won't it? But um, if they can if all he, drive each other up quality-wise, it would be good for Chelsea. So. He is a terrific player, Kovacic, and he plays very well with Hazard. It would be interesting yeah. to see whether he, when Hazard comes back, whether he gets picked for the first half and then he brings on Ross. But um, I'm calling him Ross now. Um, like your uh, friends. Is that my mate? Yeah, my yeah. mate Ross. My mate Ross is coming <laughs> on. Um, but... Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I think tactically we'll we'll see Kovacic starting again, um, just because he thinks you know he'll, he'll have worked out what the opposition need and whether Hazard needs to be set up because there was that period against United in the first half where he and he and Kovacic completely tore them apart, um, uh, and and then it was only he then brought Barkley on and it and obviously the the situation improved because we weren't playing very well. But it's up to the manager, really, isn't it? Obviously, once again, we don't know what's happening in training. And it may be that he, he obviously, he values the goals being scored um, from midfield um, more so than just having Kovacic playing. Yeah, but it's good to see Seth to... coming on as well in the Premier yeah. League again. Because I just, I thought, I know it was against a pub side, but on Thursday, that was just imperious Fabregas, partly because everybody kind of came down to his speed because they were really bad, because um, his legs is what's lacking now. But he, he just was in a position in the field to do what Fabregas does best without getting caught out like he has been in some of the high octane games of late. He was still caught out a bit in the batter game um, a few times, but um, I liked seeing him come on at the end of the uh, the Burnley game because he's uh, 
He's a wonderful pastor of the board, yeah. isn't he? I said it before as well that he categorically made a choice between playing football and keeping the wage he was on here for another year, and he chose the wage, which is fair All enough. All right, I'm bored of talking about Barkley now. Let's talk about William. Um, he basically, uh, I mean, William gets so much stick on Twitter by all sorts of idiots. Uh, but I mean, that said, you know, we do know that he can be a bit inconsistent. We do know that he probably hasn't scored enough goals in his Chelsea career. Um, but, you know, I thought what I thought was really interesting yesterday, and here's the other thing, a lot of people quite often say, oh, well, the trouble is, you see, Hazard and Willian are too similar in terms of the way that they like to play and they kind of get in each other's way and stuff. So what I thought was interesting yesterday was the fact that he, he in Hazard's absence, he stepped up to the plate and I thought he was absolutely at it all game. He capped it off with a really good goal. Uh, hit the post as well, of course. I mean, the interesting, th- the interesting yeah, thing about, about the-, the air kick, the uh, the bicycle kick was outstandingly bad. I laughed my head off, but he had such a good game, you could make, you could find it funny. Yeah, that was against Barte Borisov, as I recall. Anyway, um, he scored uh, ten of his twenty-seven goals for Chelsea in the Premier League from outside the box, so we know he can shoot. But I just wonder, Jonathan, you know, was it coming out of Hazard's shadow that might have made the difference? Well, you've got to, to consider that, haven't you? Um, because he was absolutely superb in that game. Mm. Um, so uh, you wonder. Um, it, 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 I don't know what it is about him. He um, he, he seems to make, he, whether it's more of an effort, it, he he got past the fullback so easily Um uh, and and seemed to be everything he did was was absolutely terrific. And of course he he you know hit the post and made goalkeeper made. I thought Hart by the way was absolutely brilliant. Um, some superb saves. And uh, I don't quite as I said on Friday. I don't don't get Burnley with all these goalkeepers. But you you understand why Hart's in the first team. Bloody hell, he's he's terrific. And I think I'm, we're talking about a Burnley player. But I think uh, he's he's. Um, his excellence was uh, um, he, he, he left City and some, was somehow vilified for that, um, as if he was no good anymore. But um, uh, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm bemused as to how William can go from we're going to get onto it. Being he was terrible against uh, Barte on Thursday, and then suddenly plays out of his skin. And the thing is, there was no hazard there on Thursday either. So you could say it's yeah. got nothing nothing to do with Hazard. That's a really good point, mate, actually, you know. Um, I mean, maybe he's just like that. He's kind of one of those players who is annoyingly inconsistent and what can you do? One thing I'm really not very happy about, Alex, I've got to be honest here, that dive was utterly pathetic and he's got some form here. He's got to really cut that out. He's got to cut it out, hasn't he? There was nearly a punch-up a couple of minutes before with Morata who didn't dive, he just went down. He lost his. He just he fell over, and he didn't ask for a penalty, and yet somehow get, ended up getting thrown to the floor by his throat and that. But then William, yeah, oh, shame on you. That was awful. I don't know why Morata was booked there. I didn't understand it. I know he got he booked for being anything. beaten up. He got he got shouted at. He didn't do anything, and I thought that. Well, you know, he did what? that whole. I'm going to book both of you to teach you a lesson because it was Craig Pawson and he's ridiculous and he talks yeah, like that. Um, when in actual fact, Morata hadn't done anything wrong at all. Um, but he was he was getting very frustrated. There was a good move to take him off when we did because he was getting frustrated with being shoved around. He already had the hump over the yellow card, so it was it was good that he left the pitch when he did. I think otherwise he could have been could have seen another essentially a red card for gobbing off which he's had before so 
Okay, right. Talking to Maratta. Um, now we are, you know, it's really interesting, you know, because I, I, I've noticed that a lot of uh, usually pretty fair-minded and even-tempered people that I know who go to Chelsea, seemingly by the end of last week, had kind of just lost utter faith in Maratta. Marco springs to mind. Uh, me, uh, you know, I, I'd kind me, of what, yeah, you. A lot of people have had enough of him, thinking this man cannot change. And I mean. I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, you know, people being you know useless. But what I I do really, what really grinds my gears, is to see a player that I don't think is is putting it in for the shirt. You know, and and yet what I, what I cannot for the life of me understand is what on earth happened to Morata because he was a different man against Burnley yesterday. I mean, he could have had a hat trick, and it wasn't as if, as if he was you know missing rank easy chances. They were good chances that were well saved I mean two from heart spring to mind uh, he's also now scored three and three but I think it was basically just the the putting himself about that that impressed me most um, because he was so crap against United uh, and, and he, was, he was a different man worse mm-hmm. against Barty chalk and cheese completely bizarre when he uh, it was Giroud played against Barty didn't he come on? Didn't he did come, come on? on. Yeah. Yeah. Sure he did. yeah, because you'd think if you're Sarri, well, bring him on. He's got a score against this lot. Yeah, but he wasn't on for very long. But I yeah, mean, but what, on earth, what, on, earth is, what yeah. on earth has caused the turnaround, mate? What do you think? I mean, because it, oh. it was a complete change in attitude. That's what really impressed me most. I know, it also worries me at the same time. What? Uh, how, how does he... He seems to... How does a player flip from one, one completely appalling performance to that? Like William, I don't... I don't quite yeah. get it. Is, is it attitude? Is it because I agree completely? He was uh, so much better and looked up for it and sharp and took the goal really well and had that fabulous volley, as you say, saved brilliantly by heart. Um, uh, oh God, it's 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 a mystery, isn't it? Because you suddenly think, oh, okay, well, he's got three and four. Um, do we need to buy somebody at, uh, at at Christmas? Do we need to set it up? Perhaps. Suddenly the penny has dropped. You know the the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. Let's see how he plays next time. Um, but yeah, that was that was a, a complete turn up for the book because I thought well, I thought I thought Giroud would start. Having said that, Giroud was terrible against against Barté. So you know Giroud didn't seem interested. So uh, you know I, I'm, I'm whether it was because it was Premier League and they want to make more of an effort or. I don't, know. I don't know. I think, in fairness to Giroud, he fed off absolute scraps in that Barté game. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, but he was well up for it yesterday. I mean, I thought he was unbelievably unlucky not to score. Yes, he, he the was. Bar I, twice, agree. Didn't he? I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. and that was actually well, the first thing Sarri said. Jonathan, once again, it was Hart. Wonderful save from Hart from the header. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hart had a ridiculous. I mean, because I mean, you know, we could have scored eight, nine uh, yesterday, which. Uh, Gives you a measure of how dominant we are. Alex, I've got a theory about Maratta. I think he was so good because he was wearing magic gloves. Probably not. I, you know, he, when he wore the gloves, that was it for me. I thought, oh, 
he's definitely going to be awful now. No, he did play well yesterday, but what it just concerns me that I I don't still don't believe at the moment that he'll necessarily come out and play like that for the next five yeah. games. Now he just has this aura of someone who's being asked not to go and play football for. 200 grand a week but who's being asked to go and work on a sodden self-checkout at Morrison's he just looks like he doesn't want to be there half the time but he didn't look that he didn't look like that yesterday he didn't but I want to see it more than once before I'm convinced so the jury's out then still yeah but well done for yesterday yeah fair enough all right now uh um poor old Pedro who uh, had the shits, I believe. Um, we've all been there. Uh, um, at least he didn't do a Gary Lineker, so he should be thankful for small mercies. Um, but poor old Pedro, who I, I'm a huge fan of Pedro, actually, and uh, he just hasn't looked sharp since he came back from that shoulder injury. Um, but we need Pedro. We need a fit Pedro, not a shitting Pedro. Um, well, did but anyway, he's still got the harness on as well? Yeah, possibly. Anyway, Loftus-Cheek, therefore, got 60 minutes, because I think he came on about the half-an-hour mark, which... Uh, you know, given how well he played against uh, Barté on on Wednesday, sorry Thursday, uh, everybody was delighted to see. Um, you know, I thought he did all right again. I mean, I don't think he was spectacular at all against Bar- uh, Burnley, but of course he did get a goal, which I'm led to believe is his second Premier League goal in 25 appearance appearances, and it's 939 days since he scored his first goal, which was against Villa in 2016. How about that for a stat, Alex? God, well, if it was against Villa, it must have been ages ago because yeah, they've exactly. been pony for years now. <coughs> I mean, what no really offense, interested JT. you know post match? What really interested me in the in the chat about uh, about Loftus Cheek um, was the fact that Sarri seemed to hint that he could start uh, Barkley and uh, Loftus Cheek together. Now, I, look, I, I you know the itty bitty highlights that I was. You know, all I could really see yesterday. I, I'll be honest with you. I've no idea where where Loftus Cheek actually played yesterday, but I would imagine that it wasn't in the midfield three. Am I right, J.K.? Um, I thought he pushed up much more actually. Yeah. Yes. You're so he was. He did replace Pedro then, like yeah. for like. Yeah. I think yeah, essentially yeah. what Sarri was trying to say is that he's getting asked a lot of questions about which one of the two he's going to pick and what he was saying was, why why is it why have I got to pick between the two of them? Why has it always got to be one or the other? Mm. It's really give me some credit as a manager that I might be able to find room for both of them in there. So well, that might be the case that he then does, what once again, that business we keep talking about of not playing a striker and he'll play both midfield players there. Mm. In essence, or you know, because he perhaps he's seeing him as a as almost a winger. Uh, I mean, there is. He, was... he did play instead of Pedro, but he you know he 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 fitted in instead of Pedro. He didn't look out of place at all. So no, I mean, there's an argument for saying as well. I mean, they're both they're both big beefy buggers as well. So there's argument for saying that in some games that might be something that we can utilise, having two complete units on the pitch in midfield. Um, with movement as well. So I think that's what Sarri was trying to say. Mm. Well, we shall see. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I think in terms of uh, preferences, I, I would I would still stick with, I mean, Jorginho's a shoe-in, although it was interesting, again, that Fabregas came on and uh, he, he is he is the kind of, you know, if you like, the understudy to Jorginho in Sarri's world. But uh, uh, I'm absolutely delighted. I mean, I like Kovacic. And I didn't really get a chance to talk about Kovacic earlier on, but I think that, you know, COVID, you can't compare Kovacic and Barkley. They're two entirely different players. But what Kovacic does, I think he has a real uh, tactical uh, understanding that 
is possibly possibly slightly better than Barclays at the moment, although I don't think Barclays that far behind. And the way he linked up with Hazard, for example, I thought was extremely good. But that said, my preferred choice for you know left central midfield is 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 Barkley because I think he he's just got so much talent and he can link play and he can score goals. So um, Kante has to be in there as well because you know really Kante is the only one with real bona fide pace. And he can get up and down that pitch, and he can bail us out when needs be. So, because I don't think Jorginho is very quick, so I think you do you do need some pace in that side, even though it's a bit of a kind of a, a round peg in a square hole. But there you go. Um, what was I going to say? I think look, basically, you know, it's really it's really looking quite good. I've got to be honest. Uh, you know, I think like Jonathan was saying, we're really you know Sarri's system way of playing is whilst it's a work in progress it's going in the right direction isn't it Jonathan? Oh very much so yeah yeah they all seem to be very happy playing it and uh, um, some of the football yesterday was superb some of the passing even I just mm. okay as I say it's occasionally they just seem to slightly lose concentration with it but I think they'll get better yeah I agree I with that he's also he's tightened them up defensively we've had a lot mm. of um of clean sheets haven't we which uh um, is 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 very pleasing. Yeah, I agree with that as well. All right, people, we're going to move on. Uh, and in part three, we're going to look back at the Barte Borisov match, which is a lot of fun and games. And uh, of course, the best thing about that was uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek's hat trick. Uh, and we're also going to look ahead to the return of Frank Lampard and Jody Morris on Wednesday when Chelsea play Frank Lampard's Derby County in the Carabao Cup. And we've got competitions for you as well. We've, uh, give, we're giving you another chance to enter the competition to win a very rare DVD of the Bobby Tambling film, Bobby Tambling 202, signed by the great man himself. And if that wasn't enough, we've also got a competition to win a pair of tickets to the Chelsea versus Crystal Palace match this Sunday, courtesy of Hyundai. We'll see you in a minute. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Now, uh, as always, quick reminder check out ChelseaFancast.com. Why don't you? And I'll t- tell you what, while you're there, why don't you follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast? And uh, that's all I've got to say about that, as Forrest Gump once said. Now, uh, what I've got to say a lot about now is the uh, Barte Borisov game uh, and, the, uh, and, and later on the, uh, the game against Derby County, which we're going to have a look, at, look uh, ahead to for, uh, for the coming up on this Wednesday. Now, the, 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 I've got a funny story to tell you about the Barte game uh, before, before anything else, and that is. Um, you know, basically, I, I, I quite often uh, enjoy moving out of my normal seat for a, a Europa League match or a Carabao Cup match. Uh, and then what happens is I forget to go and buy a bloody ticket and uh, usually rely on the, the good-hearted Dan Silver, who nearly always gets another ticket knowing that I'll forget. So I end up sitting with Dan, which is lovely, because he sits in the uh, right at the back of the West Lower, uh, kind of in the middle of the pitch. And it's quite a relaxing place to sit for a game. Uh, you know, I can talk to my mate and, you know, not have to move much. It's quite comfortable, basically. Is, is there any standing there, Chich? No, because we're right at the back and we've got right. corporate hospitality boxes behind us. So we have to behave, you know, it's just not as aerated as it is where I normally stand. So um, anyway, so uh, we turned up, uh, you know, put the ticket into the into the gate and it, and it got the dreaded red light. And Dan's like, What? Anyway, so he takes the ticket out and has a look at it, and he's managed to buy tickets for the shed lower. <laughs> <laughs> so we we had to scoot around. This is, of course, you know, just before kickoff. So we had to scoot around uh, and go to the shed lower with our tails very severely between our legs. Dan can't quite understand how he managed to buy shed lower tickets when he should have bought his own ticket. Anyway, so we get there, and we're basically three rows from the front and right behind the goal, which might sound wonderful. But I'll give you. I'll tell you what. It's not. It's bollocks, mate. Because you can't You've got see no anything. No perception at all, have you? Well, down? you're really low down. But also, the, the 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 actual net and the posts obscure your view. But the worst thing of all is the fact that Dan and I are now getting so bloody old. We can't actually stand up for ninety minutes. I mean, <laughs> he and I were in agony. My back was killing me. Dan's hip was killing him. Uh, but obviously, we were duty bound to stand up. Uh, but we were in a state by the end of it, so um, it wasn't a it wasn't a hugely enjoyable experience. I have to, I believe, I believe I'm getting too old for this shit, which is a bit of a concern. But there you go. Anyway, enough of my woes. Have you seen that there now? Um, some clubs are considering having areas where you apply to sit. Yeah, yeah. Even within the fact that because they because they rather than have safe standing areas, they're saying well we're going to give an area where you you will sit down even though the seats are there, which yeah. makes great sense to me for yeah. us. To hold it does, it, it does. I mean, it's a precursor to to safe standing, which still hasn't really you know yeah. come come in yet. But uh, it's it, you're right. It's a recognition from I think uh, it's oh, trying to think Brighton and Cardiff are trialing this. I know this because I was at the Premier League meeting where this was discussed. Right. Uh, but they're trialing it, and it's it's exactly that. It's a recognition that. 
you know, in some areas of the stadium, you know, everybody stands. And it's a bit of a bugger if, if you're an OAP or just infirm like me and you're, you find yourself in the middle or, or near the front and everybody's standing up because you have to as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's tiny. I mean, what I heard, you know, at Cardiff, for example, we're talking about 90 seats. Oh, so it's, it's and, and they'll be at the back, which makes perfect sense because, you know, if they're at the back, then the people will be able to sit down and see over everybody. So in some respects, it's a good idea. But I think the whole point of safe standing is that, you know, you have an area behind the goal and everybody stands with with rail seats. And if you want to sit, you've, you've, you, you go somewhere else, because at the end of the day, I think in reality, what you're talking about is basically two tiers out of the whole stadium that will be for standing. That will be the away yeah. behind the goal and the home behind the goal. And I think that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, it's the minority of the state of the stadium will be for standing. So, you know, it makes perfect sense to me. Anyway, JK, we digress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there, I had a, I had a rather bizarre view of, uh, of this, although I had an excellent view. Uh, and the other thing, sorry, sorry, folks, to waffle on a bit. When you're at that, that height, as in right at the front, the game is so bloody fast. You can't see what's going on. Anyway, but so I kind of had a great view of uh, Loftus-Cheek's first two goals, but they were so quick it was hard to take it in. But it was a great hat-trick by him. I thought two of those goals were absolutely... Well, actually, all three of them were absolutely sublime in terms of technique and skill. But the other thing that really impressed me, Jonathan, was the fact that he really used his physicality well, which is something that we've moaned about and said, well, he doesn't really... He's a big unit, but he doesn't really use it. Well... I think it was easy to brush aside some of those Barté players who, who just didn't seem as up to it. Apparently they hadn't lost for about 40 games or something. Who the hell have they been playing? My old school team? I think so. Well, the Belarus equivalent. Um, I mean, but once again, to slightly play devil's advocate here, the third goal he scored, the goalkeeper seemed to miss yeah, miss yeah. it rather obviously. The second Shitabansky goal... or whatever his name was, because he yeah, was yeah, rubbish. Perfect, perfect pronunciation. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, the second goal that he scored, um, uh, I thought it was Giroud actually got got there as well. It was either of them, and um, uh, and the first one was uh, was excellent and, and spot on. But um, no, well, you know, good luck to him, and he, he 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 saw his opportunity, and it was written in the stars for him. And uh, my goodness, did he then say to Sari, "Oi, pay attention," because we were saying at the time it needs somebody to step up here, doesn't yeah. it? This is yeah. the perfect opportunity for someone to step up. And it was him. And, you know, good luck to him because he's he's announced himself in a way yeah. that previously he didn't. My my complaint would be that I felt that on uh, uh, the weekend he he didn't he, he was good, but he wasn't as good as he'd been during the week. He was a bit off the pace. And I, I just think he's he's got to maintain it once they've and I know he scored, but he was. He was very slow in closing down on several occasions. And this is the kind of thing that, that Sarri will be looking at. He's got to maintain the effort. And I know he's improving. And the fact that he's improving is good because early on in the season, Sarri was saying he was tactically very unaware and he didn't think he would get great, great improvement out of him. And that was the what we'd heard also from the training ground, that, that um, um, Conte had great difficulty, um, as with uh, Batshuayi, in, in, in getting him to understand what was going on, getting him to be motivated. And it was that was the that was the the reason he was having difficulty integrating him. Whereas if he's if he's making progress this season, well, you know, all to, all to his credit. Good for him. Yeah. I think you know. I think I think what's interesting about that, because I mean, I couldn't see this from where I was, but I, I'm, I'm led to believe that uh, 
you know, later or, or sometime during the match, uh, you know, Sarri was actually, you know, kind of instructing him from the from the touchline. And, and he did say afterwards that, uh, um, you know, he still has some tactical deficiencies. But it does it does seem that maybe the cherry, you know, the cherry, was it the, the whatever, you know, the penny, the penny is dropping, got there in the end. The cherry um, has dropped. The cherry I know, has dropped. I, 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 clearly, clearly Freud would have a lot to say about why I'm thinking that, but there you go. I think it's I mean, his the defensive bottom... qualities is the problem, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Bar- it's defensive attacking has improved but it's the defensive aspect of it. but Jonathan I love your point which I'm going to ask to Alex is that you know I think Jonathan's spot spot on there Alex is that he you know he he, he need if he's if he's going to make an impact like that and, and that's what what you have to do and what we all want him to do and it's absolutely brilliant but he has to keep doing it and actually this is what Barkley's done he's come in for a game and he's kept up the same level of performance consistently you know, for the last three or four games. And that's what Loftus-Cheek has got to do when he gets his chances. Would you agree? I would. Um, I think that's so, like I said, you could, he was good. You can't ask any more of him in the last no. week, what he's done. Yeah. But unfortunately for him, it's a case of anything you can do. Barkley's doing just slightly better at the moment. But then I think um, Barkley wasn't away in the summer. So what you're seeing is Loftus-Cheek gradually catching up time-wise. Um, yeah. And, and, and also, I mean, also Bar- Barclays, way, way further along the line as a as a professional footballer than Loftus yeah. Although Cheek, they're the same you know. age, there's a gulf, yeah. isn't there? Huge, in, huge in, uh, development. So I'm laughing my head off at the corner of my eye. What clown, first of all, thought City should play in purple and orange like Clemson colours? And what clown thought it would be good to play this today after an NFL game? Because it's basically still all over the pitch. There's like holes in the pitch, NFL logos, everything. But it's hilarious because it's Tottenham. But yeah, I think uh, Loftus Cheek. There is a there's a gulf between him and Barkley, even though they're the same age. And I don't. That's not to disparage Loftus Cheek. His career is just he didn't have mm. that initial um, breakthrough when he was very young. Um, yeah. But I don't think it doesn't mean that he's not going to be just as good. Um, I I like the competition between the two of them. I think it's good for Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely um, right. L- listen, talking of, of y- fixed- sorry, go on, go on. As well. Plenty of fixtures as well. So in terms of yeah. them getting the hump, yeah. they're not getting enough time on the pitch. I don't think Sarri's got a problem there with anyone really at the moment. Well, I don't. I don't think he'll find himself not even in the squad, which was certainly what was happening at the beginning of the season. So I think that bodes well. Um, of course, the other highlight for most people, particularly those who uh, like the youngsters, he says with no other meaning whatsoever, um, is that uh, Callan Hudson Adoy uh, made a little cameo. Um, sadly, as I said, it was all up the other end of the pitch from me, so it was hard for me to really see. But I, I was aware of him making some runs. Um, you know, Alex, did were you impressed? Did, did he do a good little cameo there? Did he do himself some favours? Um, if anything, he tried a bit too hard, I yeah. think, because Loftus-Cheek had done so much. He des- I mean, there was a couple of times when he just hogged the ball and he should have passed it, running in on goal. And, and you could see that he just he wanted to make his mark as well. Um, I don't think it was long enough, really, to get an- against a team like that. It, it wasn't enough. It's good that he got on the pitch. Again, it's good progress for him. And like I said, after Loftus-Cheek scored the hat-trick, he just needs to take the next opportunity now and do well then and it's the same with Hudson Adoy but he's a lot further behind the other two I think but he didn't do anything wrong by any means but I don't think it was long enough to make Sarri think well of course you know the, the interesting thing Jonathan is that you know he is you know considerably younger than both Barkley and uh, and Loftus-Cheek and I mean Jody Morris who, who knows him you know better than most uh, managers you know says that he's not quite ready 
for for first team football yet. He he needs to mature a bit. And I think it was interesting. And the the, the consensus on Mixler, let alone uh, all the people I spoke to, you know, during the game, is that he was trying too hard. So do you think that's 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 a fair point? Yeah, I think I think um, he started doing that thing that he did uh, early on in the. Um, uh, in some of the games, in some of the uh, the preseason games, where if he wasn't sure of himself, he, he wouldn't take a player on. He'd pass the ball all the way back to uh, to a defender, and um, and it, it, that to me just revealed his naivety. Um, uh, and no, I think I think he's um, I think as always, the you, you, you people misjudge the preseasons as somehow being indicative of how uh, you'd be playing in the Premier League, and and and. It, it's not the same at all. Um, uh, and once again, it, it, he'll see what he's like in training. I think he's a wonderful work in progress. And I think this encourages him. Um, and I think we'll probably see him on the bench for uh, for the Darbour County game. But I think to consider him an, or for the first team now is too soon. Yeah, I mean, he's a hell of a prospect, though. There's no doubt yeah, oh, about yeah. that. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Now, uh, somebody who I think this is really disappointing in so many, so many ways... Uh, and I wonder if it's indicative of, of, of how he feels about the club at the moment. Because, I mean, let's not forget, uh, Victor Moses was one of our best players uh, when we won the title with Conte. But he's hardly got a look in. And whenever he does get a chance, I mean, he was absolutely woeful on Thursday, I thought. Woeful. Trying I mean, I too, he... way too hard as well. Well, I don't know about that. I thought quite the opposite. I thought every time he had the ball, he gave it away. I thought he didn't really put in any effort. And I'm, I think it was him who was the guy that left the... Uh, I mean, it could be wrong here, but I think he left the guy at the back stick, didn't he? So I just thought, what is going on with Victor Moses? I mean, I know that there have been rumours that he wants out, but phew, I think it's a shame, actually, because I liked him. I liked him a lot. Well, I Alex? think... I, oh, sorry, can I just say... Yeah, 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 yeah sure. you go, okay, JK. You go. I, I, think, I think the problem is is that he became a great defender under Conte. I think he really improved as a defender who could come forward and beat the odd player and provide some decent crosses. And he, he fitted into Conte's plan brilliantly. And Conte apparently did a one-on-one with him and got him to play that way. And he responded. And I agree with you. He was fabulous when we won the title. Mm. Fabulous. And uh, and he's now been the minutes he's getting, he's going to be awful when he gets. But he's also, but but he's been forced to play as a winger, Mm. and we're not seeing him as a winger exhibit the skills that he did when he played for Wigan when he was just a winger. And I remember when he played for Wigan and he played against us, and we were all shouting, you know, you'll be playing for us next week, whatever the phrase was, because it was obvious he was about to be transferred. He 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 beat everybody. His skill level was enormous, and he was dribbling round everybody and putting centres in. And I thought, decent player. And he'll score some goals. And he was a winger, out-and-out winger. And I think he's now stuck between two stools now. He can't... He, he, he's, not a, he's not a winger anymore. And he's not playing fullback. And when he plays winger, you think, well, he's not doing that very well. And he's not, he's not defending because yeah. that's not what he does. And I feel sorry for him. Because yeah, he, he, he was too. completely wonderful when he played yeah. against... No, when, I do too. when we won the league. All right, let's let's move it on. Uh, I, of course, uh, you know the most important and most significant thing about the entire match against Barte Borisov was, of course, it was the night that the Chelsea fancast Kerry Dixon banner was unveiled. Brilliant! Um, did you, did you did you get a good view of it, J.K.? I took pictures of it. Brilliant! Did you? Oh, yeah. you must you must share them with me. I'd love to. Brilliant! Completely so, brilliant. 
Love so you it. could see it from where you sit quite happily then? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you like it? Superb. I love it. Yeah. You know me. I love all these all these banners. It can, the more the more of them with past players, the better. It just yeah. makes the ground look superb. And I love the, the unveiling of them. And I love all the uh, other banners that float across. And the, uh, the Matthew Harding banner um, yes. was, yes. was similarly brilliant. I think they're all brilliant stuff. I really take my hat off to everybody involved. I think it's it wonderful. I have to say, it, it's had a huge amount of love because I, I did a blog about it to give people an idea of what it looked like and, uh, you know, how it came about. Um, and it got a huge amount of love on Twitter. So that was um, that was really pleasing to see, actually. Alex, did you get to see it? Do you know what I got to see? I got to see the mini one in the pub. Oh, that's in, right. And yeah. I was like, is that it? That's shit. No one's <laughs> going to see that. And I was giving Brian lots of shit for the size of his crappy little banner until I was told it's actually just a commemorative miniature. How funny. Because, of course, I missed you in the pub, literally by a a whisker, because I I had to... I basically was waiting at the stall for 40 minutes for Chris to turn up with his bloody Bobby Tambling DVD. So I got to the pub really late, and as I got there, I think you were were just leaving, so I didn't get a chance to say hello. But uh, but you like the banner, do you? I do. I think it's very nice. I I mean, Mm. it's probably going to be outcry about the fact that there's red in it, but it's different to the other banners. There was red red in the shirt (coughs) when Kerry played, mate. Mm. No, exactly. I like it. I like that it's different. Yeah, good for you. I think it's lovely. I'm very, very pleased with it. And actually, you know the little kind of mini banner that you saw in the pub? Well, we've we've got a few of those and can get some more, but I'm going to try and get a few signed by Kerry, which uh, may well end up being um, a competition prize. Uh, further down the line we shall see i'll keep you posted on that uh right now it's uh it's chelsea uh versus derby county or frank lampard's derby county on wednesday um it's going to be quite an emotional night i think it's the first time that we can welcome frank back kind of properly i think since he left really isn't it jonathan yeah yeah i think he did no he did a he did a wander around didn't he that we all um Oh yeah, yeah. Vaguely remember been that. Back one of those, but no, this will be the big, and also it'll appeal to all those people who seem to want to do the Frank Lampard songs all the way through. I say, I'm honestly say, I'll just get this off my chest. I've done it before, but I really think that they've got to come up with some new songs that are actually talking about the players on the pitch. I mean, for goodness' sake, you know, the stump, singing the Steve Gerrard song the other day. Oh, what was that all about? Um, uh, I just oh, we were the- like, is he here? No, they're playing tonight as well. Then why yeah. do we care? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think it's about time. It has to be stop the anti-Tottenham stuff. Stop, please. Let's get some chance about the players that are playing. You know, let's have a Rudiger song. Let's have it rather than just Rudy, Rudy. Let's have, let's have more. Let's be more inventive. We've got to try and do this. Well, I, I, I agree. I agree with you in many respects because I, I like nothing more than the fact that we have a long tradition and a grand history of. Of uh, of old and interesting songs, and if you don't believe me, go and check out that uh, wonderful book by uh, by Marco Worrell and others. Walter Otten, I think, was involved, uh, which is called Carefree. Isn't it? It's Carefree, isn't it? I think. Anyway, it's it's a great yeah. book, and it's basically all of the songs in there. But I have to say, Jonathan, you know, times have changed. Uh, we're living in a different world than the one when we started supporting. And I I have to be honest with you, much as it annoys me as well about a lot of those songs. I'd much rather have people making a noise and singing a song than not singing a song at all. You know, I mean, I, I, that's my honest view. You know, well, no, I, mean, I, I agree, but I just yeah. think that all the other clubs have got these these anthems, and we, and we we have a few. I mean, I, I think "Spot" being sung is great. I love that. I think that's 
I love the fact it just goes on and on and no, no other club has a song that goes on and on like that and everybody keeps singing it regardless of what's going on on the pitch you just keep going with it I think that's that's great but but sorry say Chich, yeah. the, I was going to say the, la- the last um, two really good songs that we've come up with is Walter Otten's Willian song and I, th- I thought the N'Golo Kante and Bakayoko song was brilliant of course ruined utterly by Bakayoko turning out to be absolute shit which means well, we, we dare not sing it anymore well, it, well, it wasn't that it was brilliant it actually was somebody else's song which it, well is that's most, true most, most of the time we, we do it'd be nice to come up with something original you know, well, it's very hard it, to. It's mate. very hard. Very I know. Hard and you, also, to, you, know. you can say, in fact, that Carefree was supposed to be nicked from uh, something like Chesterfield or something, wasn't it? Originally, oh, exactly. The, you know, the CFC. They've all been. It's nicked. No, but nonetheless, the there's always the odd song that somebody embraces. You know, United or Liverpool or something, and you no, think, well, could, can we embrace something that's a bit trick, a bit different? You know, well, I, we, we, I think, I think we do, but just perhaps not with the regularity that you or I would well, like. Well, but as well, I said, well, yeah, perhaps it's not being sung enough. I, I have to say, I do, I don't mind. Um, well, Ale, you know, Ale, you... Ale, 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 Chelsea, which everybody seems to do, because at least it gets. Ole, Ole, Ole. No, and in fact, ole. but originally it was Ale. Yeah, that's yeah, what. Yeah. That's that. What well, it's been. It's been nicked from uh, from foreign types yeah. singing. Ale, 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 but that's Ale, always the way, and I think the other thing is, is that. A lot of songs, um, you know, back in the day, would would happen uh, quite often on the on the specials, you know, going up and down. And I think I think you know people's experience of Chelsea is completely disparate now, in in a sense. So maybe it doesn't happen. Anyway, enough of all that. Let's Sorry talk about, about the game. Frank. We've yeah, got yeah. Mason Mount and uh, Tamori uh, coming as well. well he, and they... he said it was classy, didn't he, Frank? He said uh, classy of Chelsea to allow them to play. Real class. Well, I agree. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I, I heard I heard a story that it, it came pretty much from the top actually, um, and the and the um, and I can't reveal who, but I think the sentiment was, you know, because a lot of people were dead against them playing. But the sentiment was, if we can't beat Derby County with Mason Mount Tamori playing, then what the hell are we doing? Which yeah. I think is a very good point. But I'm delighted yeah. that they're getting a chance because they were, well, Mason Mount in particular was superb against Man United. And and herein lies my point, Alex, um, that, you know, they're not to be taken lightly. Frank, I think, is turning out to be not a bad manager. And I think Jody's got a lot of talent. Um, and I think he knows how to get a tune out of players. And, you know, I think I think they could give, if we're not on it, they could give us a hell of a game. Do you know what the irony is? I don't think Morris was ever mature enough in his head to be a professional footballer. It's come later. And like you say, his talent is quite uh, remarkable in terms of getting the best out of players. But, you know, I, I mean, as long as I, as long as Mount doesn't score the winning goal and go fist-pumping his way past the Matthew Harding, I don't think we'll get over it if anything goes wrong. Like you say, if we can't beat Derby County in, is it the third round or the fourth round? Fourth round. No, no, no idea. No yeah, idea. whatever round of whatever competition. We don't even, I still call it the Coca-Cola Cup. So if, uh, I, honestly, the amount of fucks I give about the potential banana skin of letting these two guys carry, I mean, they've earned the right to play. They're earning the right to play for Derby and they've, they've earned the right to play and I don't really have a problem with them turning out against us. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I, I I don't like this idea of if you loan players out, they can't play against you. I think you know you bloody so loan them out. You either want him or you don't. So. Exactly. You know. So what? You know, if if chickens come home to roost, or what goes around comes around, then so be it in my in my book. But I I for one, I'm really looking forward to it. It'd be great to see Frank and Jody back. It'll be great to see Mason Mountain Tamori playing against their home team. 
um, just to see how they do. Um, now, as far as we're concerned, um, I'm, I'm led to believe that Eden is a possibility for Wednesday, so he's no longer injured anymore. But I would imagine that um, Sarri would leave him on the bench. Even if he's fit, he's going to leave him on the bench, and he's more likely to start against, uh, against Palace. But uh, do you think it'll be much the same team that played against um, Barte Borisov, Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it very likely it'll be that. Uh, uh, well, um, he might take it more seriously. I think he'll make a, about six changes rather than practically changing everybody as he did for the Barté game. Mm. Um, uh, I'm not convinced he'll give uh, Zapacosta another go, um, who was... Uh, he was a bit better against Barté, I have to say. He seemed to get forward a lot more, but he doesn't fill me with delight. Um uh, uh, we didn't talk about this. What did we think about Christensen in the uh, the bar team? Yeah, all right, pretty steady, really. I thought <laughs> yeah, it was all right. Yeah, he was. Did, I think did he'll do pl- anything wrong? No, he didn't. I think he'll play him. Um, Gaza, Gary Cahill did all right. Yeah, I, Gary, solid, I steady. I think you he'll, know. he'll play him as well. The I thought we- Fabregas, Fabregas played pretty well against Barte um, until he ran out of puff, which is what he does because his legs have gone. But he did all right, you know, played well. Yeah. Um, Kovacic, of course, played. Um, he was okay, although he can't score. Uh, and we had Loftus Cheek on the right, and uh, you know we had William and Pedro and and Giroud. And uh, I thought Pedro just doesn't look match sharp at the moment. Hasn't got over his injury. Um, wonder whether he'll play on Wednesday, given that he had the shits. Hopefully, he will be okay. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's a good opportunity. Yeah. I think it's a good opportunity actually at the moment. Now we've kind of developed a quite a settled side, and also. We've got people competing for places. It's a good game to go and give people, A, a run out who aren't getting a game, but also to try and get some sharpness back to people. So I would start Giroud to make, to try and get him a goal. And I would start Pedro if he's fit because he needs some some match sharpness because Pedro's important for us, as is Giroud. You know, we're going to need these guys. So I, that's what I would be tempted to do. Um, anyway, how do you think it's going to go, Alex? We're going to win it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to put a score prediction on because I have it no can't idea. Possibly, possibly be as bad as that Norwich replay, JK, and I watched while oh, we just God, killed that ourselves. Was awful, wasn't it? That was it awful. It better be better because I don't have access to Chelsea's pick and picks in this, uh, this game. Mind you, they've been very poor. Uh, they only had um, uh, only Skittles the other day. I couldn't did believe you, it. Did uh, you not demand Smarties again? I did, of course. I did. Did they not have any? Yeah, no, they did. I get, I get them in the boxes now. They just hand yeah. them. Up. <laughs> just give him his smarties and make him go away. And then I asked for bananas, and they gave me oh, four. Oh, oh vile, vile man! Yes, I yeah, I've been living on bananas recently. You know, I was very upset last week because I forgot I, I had to pre because you can't eat anything you know vaguely vegan or vegetarian at Stamford Bridge. So I had to remember to pack something to eat, which I I I, I prepared and then bloody forgot it. So I just had oh. to. God, well, at least that saved you fruit. the social despair of sitting there with a Tupperware pot eating fucking rabbit food in front of people holding pies, Chidge. Mate, I've got no shame. I don't care. I'm on a mission. <laughs> I'm on a mission to, to... Do you know, I mean, my, you know, I'm, my mission is to lose three and a half stone. You go for it. Did yeah, you, I'm serious. You know, I remember when, uh, your, uh, the Chicagoans um, dubbed your soda and lime vegan broth. Well, they can mock, you know, but you know, there's there's even more obesity in the states. They this they should be true. careful what they say. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, mate. 
So there you go. Anyway, I've lost, talking of stones, I've lost a stone pretty much already, so I'm doing all right. Congratulations. Thank I'm, you. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Tomori play, actually, who I don't know how Are you? at all. Yeah. Tobamori. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, for, looking forward to it. And, and Mount, you know, we've, we've obviously, he's been, uh, people on Twitter have been saying he, he, he is the, uh, the future of Chelsea, which uh, I think is slightly, slightly excessive. Well, I but, thought Loftus-Cheek was last week. Yeah, he was, but suddenly it's Mount, isn't it, as well? It's absolutely arse gravy, isn't it? Completely ridiculous, yeah. 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 I'm very actually, look, thinking of it, I'm very excited to see, uh, you know, Tobermory playing with Madam Jody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on. Uh, uh, I think I think we're going to win, basically, but it'll be an entertaining evening, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, got a bit of a manic week this week because I'm going up to see the Pixies tomorrow night at the Roundhouse, which will be great fun. And uh, and then I've got to do it all again on Wednesday night. So by Thursday, I shall be collapsed in a heap, I think. Um, if the anyway. devil is six, if the devil is six, then God I know. is seven. I know. God is seven. Thank you. Yep. Losing my, what's it? Losing my penis to a whore with diseases. One of the greatest lyrics ever written in my book. <laughs> anyway. It doesn't even rhyme, but it works. You should listen to the song. It's great. Nimrod's son. Anyway, um, we digress again. Uh, right, now it's competition time, folks. So get your get your lug holes round this. Uh, last week we played a fabulous interview uh, with Chris Barnett that was uh, all about uh, uh, the film he's made about Bobby Tambling called Bobby Tambling 202. Um, and I, you know, it, it's, I mean, I've, you know, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I'm, he tells me it's brilliant. We had some clips on it, but it basically celebrates the career of Bobby Tambling. It's got contributions from, uh, Sir Frank of Lampard and, uh, Kerry Dixon, uh, and, uh, Ron Harris and many others. But I mean, of course, the significance of getting Frank and Bobby and Kerry in the same room together is that you've got Chelsea's three greatest uh, ever or highest ever goal scorers together talking about their goals so it's it's a really really good film chris knows what he's doing so it's it'll be a good film um but the the, the special thing really was that um they're releasing it only as a as an online movie so you know if you want to watch it you you basically go to chelsea chelsea fan 12.com and you um you basically go to the video section and you look for the Bobby Tambling 202 film. You pay two pounds two pounds ninety nine. What are you laughing at? Harry Kane falling flat. Well, stop it! I'm reading something that people need to listen to. So shut the fuck up. Um, basically, yeah, you go to ChelseaFan12.com and uh, you go to the video section. You look for Bobby Tambling 202. You pay two pounds ninety nine, which means you can watch it for five days. But the thing is about this is that um, all the proceeds, or the majority of the proceeds will be going to Bobby Tambling, which I think is a very, very worthy cause. So well done, Chris, for doing that and making that happen. But he has made only 25 DVDs of this film. They're UK region only. Uh, I'm just putting a heads up for our American listeners. Um, but they're very, very rare. As I said, he's only made 25, and, and they're going to the likes of Frank and Kerry, people who took part, Bruce Buck, Bobby, obviously. So anyway, we've got one of them to give away as a very special prize, uh, not least because Bobby has signed this. Uh, he signed the actual DVD, and I will take some pictures later and put them on Twitter and Facebook so you know. Uh, and I think that's a fantastic prize to win. So even if you can't play the DVD, because you can apply, if you know, if you enter it from the States, um, then, uh, you know... Um, you know you can't play it on your dvds out there but you'll have a signed copy and i think that's well worth it and the question is uh bobby scored an own goal past peter bonetti 
Uh, which team were Chelsea playing? Was it West Ham, Stoke City, or Leicester? Right? So Bobby scored an own goal past Peter, Peter Bonetti. Which team were Chelsea playing? Was it West Ham, Stoke City, or Leicester City? Now, uh, there's a there's an absolutely surefire way of getting the answer right here because actually if you go and watch the film online, uh, it's uh, the answer is in the film. So Bob, uh, Bobby actually talks about this. So if you haven't got a clue and you can't find it on Google or whatever, just watch the film and you'll get the answer. So when you've got the answer, email it to us uh, at chelseafancast at gmail.com. We're going to let this run for a week or two. So just email it in as soon as you can, when you've seen the film, whatever, and let us know. And you might be in the draw to win this signed DVD of the Bobby Tambling film. So how about that? Now, uh, earlier today, I got the heads up from the lovely people at Hyundai UK, uh, who are again running a little competition to win a pair of tickets for uh, the Chelsea versus Crystal Palace uh, weekend at uh, the weekend at Stamford Bridge, of course. Uh, so, what you have to do is—it's um, quite simple, really. Um, you just have to. Uh, let it, well, you enter it, obviously, and then you tell us what the score was the last time Chelsea played Crystal Palace at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. Uh, and I'm going to put this on Twitter and Facebook. And you, when you give us your answer, you have to use hashtag for the fans. Um, it's basically open to anybody in England, Wales and Scotland, and you must be age, aged 18 or over. And to enter, log into Twitter and correctly answer the question posted by Chelsea Fancast using hashtag for the fans. So I shall, I shall put this up later tonight uh, or log into Facebook and comment underneath uh, the hashtag for the fans post that we make and put the correct answer into the question that we ask. And you must do it um, by 10 o'clock on the 1st of November 2018, which I think is Thursday, isn't it, Jonathan? Uh, I don't know, Chief. It is Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ten o'clock Thursday is the deadline. I think that's ten a.m. Thursday. Uh, that's the deadline. Now you can have two entries per person. Uh, you can do one on Twitter, one on Facebook, and there's one prize available to win, which is two tickets to go to the Chelsea Palace game on Sunday, the fourth of November. Uh, transport and other expenses are not included, and you will have twenty-four hours to claim the prize from being notified that you may have won and there are terms and conditions which you really ought to read uh, and they will all be put on our website because I shall put this up on our website later too so good luck people have fun and uh, I hope one of you lot win that's the whole idea uh, both things both the Bobby Tabling DVD and of course the tickets to the Palace game now in part four we've got a roundup of uh, lots of Chelsea supporters news as we always do sadly no uh, emails for JK this week <laughs> Would you like to comment on on being let down so hugely by our listeners, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I get it. I get no, it. he's not, he's very upset. He's deeply right. deeply wounded by this. Right. You, can you not hear him sobbing in the background? <laughs> he's not a happy man. Right. Make sure you bloody send some in next week so we can give him some gainful. Uh, anyway, she, she, other than she, other I than the uh, gist, I get the gist yeah. of the way. I can see the way the cookie is crumbling and the ball yeah. is bouncing. I can see yeah. it. Okay, all right, enough, Jonathan, enough. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so lots of supporter-type news, and uh, also, actually, I, I felt we needed to do something on this show today. We're going to reflect on a pretty grim weekend for football supporters with the news of the death in a helicopter crash of Leicester City's owner, Vishai Shrina, what a papa. I can't, you know, I did this all day on Sunday, which was not really befitting the tone 
of a rather sombre show for Love Sport. But every time I saw it, I could not pronounce it for love nor money. So I kept on resorting to the Leicester City owner, which I thought was a, a poor cop-out. But there you go. And, of course, the other thing that happened on the Saturday, of course, was Glenn Hoddle, our, our former player and manager, uh, being taken seriously with a heart attack. So, uh, yes, we need to reflect on that, I feel, and we will do after the break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, I'm still delighted to have with me tonight Jonathan Kidd <laughs> and the ever-so-lovely Alexandra Churchill. You broke him, people. You broke him with your lack of emails. Yeah, <laughs> it's a broken man. Jonathan might not survive this. You know. This is all very sad. Uh, right, okay, very quick scoot through the stuff that we normally do. Um uh, yeah, I, I mentioned this last week, but as well as being on uh, Acast, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and other podcast distributors, the Chelsea Fancast is now available on Spotify as well. I, for one, am delighted by this because I've been long time been a, a fan of Spotify, so it's, I feel quite privileged that we're on there. So that's great. Uh, and of course, that's all of our podcasts. This one on Mondays, the Thursday one with Kerry and the Love Sport show on Friday. They're all up there. And talking of Love Sport, uh, the uh, show on Friday, the fan cast uh, on Love Sport Radio is back on Friday this week between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock with me and Jonathan. Ooh. And guess who? Alex is back. So there you go. Twice in a week for Alex, me and Jonathan. And uh, the man tasked with the unenviable task of keeping us in order is the wonderful, cuddly Aaron Paul. And of course, we'll be talking all things Chelsea. Mainly, I would imagine, picking up on uh, the Derby County match and looking ahead to the Palace match on Sunday. Of course, the best thing is, as you all know by now, and not enough of you do, is to phone in. It's easy. Just phone up, join in the show, have a chat with us live. It's fantastic. We love it, don't we, Jonathan? Oh, great. It's great to have people commenting and stuff, and uh, yes, and it, it we, we don't bite. We're lovely. We we you know we're we're, we're gentle with you. Yeah, we are. I've not actually been the only person I've been rude to on the show was that Cardiff City fan who said that, that I don't know what he said, but whatever he said was unbelievably idiotic, and I pointed it out to him. Yeah, well, you anyway, were the horrible num- to him, but you know, understandable. Well, oh, you know, he asked for it, mate. You know, if yeah, you're messing yeah. with the big boys, you got to bring your A game. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the number to call is o two o eight seventy twenty five five eight. Uh, I'll uh, put out a tweet on Friday, remind you of all of this. If you do miss it, you can always get it on the, uh, on the the as a podcast, as I said, on our usual platforms. And uh, Love Sport Radio is easy to find. It's 558 AM and it's on digital radio as well, as well as TuneIn, Alexa, Radio Player, and they have a website, lovesportradio.com. So get on it, folks. We love doing it. We absolutely love doing it. I've got to say, nothing like being in a radio studio doing proper radio. It's great fun. Um, now, uh, Kerry Dixon. Uh, yeah, uh, we didn't do one last week, but there's a good reason for that. It was basically, uh, I was racing up to London to go to the uh, Barté Borisov match, as was Kerry, so we just didn't have the time. But hopefully I'll track the man down this Thursday, and we'll do you a little show, because we do like doing them. I want to get his reaction to seeing the banner, actually. That's what I'm desperately wanting to talk to him about. Hopefully uh, he did see it on uh, on Thursday. Anyway, uh, Patreon, of course, this links into the banner, because basically... The idea for the banner was very much to say thank you 
to the Patreon people for their support because very much uh, the, the amount of money they contribute to uh, to the show uh, helped to pay for that. So uh, it's kind of a thanks to them, and I was very keen to see that they had something that they could connect with that was in the stadium and they can see week after week. So thanks to the Patreon people. If you want to join these wonderful and illustrious special people, uh, then it's easy. Uh, you can just donate anything you like. It doesn't matter how big or small. I mean, I always say, you know, the fanzine costs a quid. So, you know, dollar a show, that's kind of about right. But really, it's up to you. We, we don't mind. We're just grateful for whatever you do and the fact that you support us. If you go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, forward slash Chelsea Fancast, you will find our page. The other thing about Patreon is it's like a little community and it's a very good way to get hold of me rather than uh, getting in the email queue or the tweet queue. Uh, I do tend to pay attention to it because I have an app on my phone. So if you want to send me a message on there, if you want to send uh, a question in for us for the show, if you want to send an email in for Jonathan to read, good way to do it is via Patreon. And I have more ideas up my sleeve in order to say thank you for being very much part of this special show. And there is somebody else on Patreon, isn't there, Alex? There is, yay! But, yeah, that's me with my begging bowl out, allegedly. But, uh, yes, just just to help a bit with the blog and the additional tickets and stuff, because I am a poor writer who doesn't sell any books, so <laughs> be massively appreciated. There you go. Give generously, otherwise another moose dies. Uh, and where is it on? Where is it on Patreon? What do they have to look for? Uh, girl who likes balls. There you go. Simple. And what little treats and things are you giving them? What premium content are you giving them, Alex? Um, yet to be decided. Definitely, if if you do the higher amount of free book at the end of the season and a drink when you come over for a game. Well, I, I was going to say, I think you should have a premium rate of a hundred dollars. Mm. And that will entitle you to an, an evening out on the gin with Alex. Good one idea. One on one. Yeah. One on one. Whoever yeah. gets to giving me a hundred dollars can have that. I mean, I'm and, tempted to pay that myself. And I could read something out for uh, for a tenor. You could read one of her blogs out. Yeah, while I'm there. That'd be brilliant. With them, I could come along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, I can't. So I've got to mention Dean's post on Mixler, which, when your comment about drinking water, he says that's a fish's house, you monster. <laughs> well, if it's Winchester, well, it's Winchester water I'm drinking, which has got more bleach than a bloody bottle of bleach. So uh, they'd be dead if they no were swimming in that one. No wonder you stone. Well, it could be that. <laughs> be bleached out of me. Anyway, uh, we will move on uh, very quickly. Supporters Trust, join the Trust. Get your voice heard by the club. It's free to join up to be a member, but if you want to have a badge and be able to vote and attend meetings, then it is, uh, it's only £5, uh, and you get a lovely badge. It's easy to sign up. Just go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, and that means that you uh, get your badge, you can come to the meetings, you can vote uh, in our elections, and you can get your voice heard. And you can follow them at Chelsea S Trust. So there we go. I commend it to you, not least because I am the chairman. So there you go. And very uh, good right. you are too, Chidge. Oh, that's very nice. You came along to the SGM, I didn't did. you? I did. I did. You ran it with aplomb and efficiency oh, and excellence. Thank you. Well, that's because unlike unlike the fan cars, people listen to me there. <laughs> there they don't, they don't interrupt. That's true, actually. They give, me, they give me the respect that I am due, whereas I just get, you know, treated like a... I don't know what. On I here. don't know. Dad. Le- Dad. Yeah. A leftover. <laughs> you know, an irrelevant person. Anyway. Uh, okay, something that is absolutely not irrelevant. The next two things. First of all, CFC UK. Uh, you can get it at the stall uh, on a match day. It's the best fanzine in the world, bar none. 
Uh, you can get it from any of the sellers on, on the match day, and they lurk around the Fulham Road. Uh, and, of course, you can always get it away. I saw that DJ was selling them on the official train up to Burnley on Sunday. Um, you can also subscribe if you can't get it in person, and uh, you can also get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the US of A, you can follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa, and you can also get a proper copy, you know, proper paper copy from Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. And last but by no means least, the wonderful Chelsea pitch owners. Um, if you want to have a little bit of uh, Chelsea for life and protect the future of the club, you can go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners, of course, who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will always remain playing at Stamford Bridge, which I wholly, wholly commend. And uh, to find out how to buy one, it's very easy. I think they're about 30-odd quid now. They're, they're cheap. They used to be over 100 quid. They're now much less. So it's become more affordable for everybody. But if you want one, if you want info about it, go to info at chelseapitchowners.com. And, of course, uh, you can go to the website, which is chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And you can follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. And I know that Alex has got one more slight plug, haven't you, Alex? I have. The uh, Christmas fund is open for the children uh, for those unfamiliar for the last three years now we've led a collection primarily amongst Chelsea fans to raise money for a domestic violence shelter in southwest London so we get a list of the children that will be in there for Christmas and this year they're going to be doing instead of their mums telling us what they've asked for they're going to be writing letters to Santa which we will be given uh, old hands will know just how modest their requests are um, we provide the gifts and the kids carry on believing in Santa a little longer and get some respite from what would have been a very difficult year so we usually managed to take care of the mums too and last year we did so well that we were actually able to do full new wardrobes for three children who didn't even have enough underwear and didn't have winter coats and things like that um if you saw the photos of uh, what she bought and with the thank you cards her children made for us you'll remember what a massive difference it made so anyone who donated last year all of my bank details slash paypal is still the same or uh, last year a lot of people just found me at stanford bridge i sit in the shed upper i've also got people in the matthew harding upper and the west lower that are willing to take donations as well i can give you their details if that suits you or i'll be outside with my charity pot for the military people anyway and you can give it to me there so anything you can give us would be greatly appreciated well done alex what a what an absolutely worthy cause you're an absolute diamond uh, so you know please help her out um okay uh it's time to be a bit reflective really i mean it was uh well i mean i i was watching um bt sport on uh saturday morning their kind of premier league show and, and glenn hoddle was on then it was really lovely and touching because they brought him on a cake for his 61st birthday and i thought oh you know he looks in good form doesn't he that's good and then i went off did some shopping or something and came back and found the news that he'd been taken to hospital by air ambulance and he was seriously ill and it all looked really really bleak uh subsequently i found out he had a heart attack uh he was very much saved by one of the, the sound crew who uh performed cpr on him and i think clearly and possibly a defibrillator and yes, he really saved knew his how life. To, to use a, a special yeah. constable wasn't he so he'd had the training he was so there we go so anyway i now believe that he's responding quite well to the treatment he's out of intensive care and he's speaking to his family which is great news but it really rocked you back uh you know glenn hoddle i mean you know unusually i mean even though he was spurs through and through you know there is no doubt in my mind that we are the club we are today very much thanks to 
to Glenn Hoddle, who started the ball rolling back in the, uh, the, the early to mid-90s and completely changed the outlook of this club. Started bringing in some amazing players like Rude Hullett and, uh, and Viali and so on. Zola, of course. And, uh, you know, Mark we Hughes. should... For- yeah, we should be forever grateful uh, to Glenn Hoddle because I think he was, I think Neil Neil Barnett put it brilliantly. He's like the father of modern Chelsea, and I think that's absolutely true. So I re- personally, I really hope, and on behalf of the Chelsea fan as a whole, that Glenn Hoddle pulls through and he gets back to full fitness and doing what he does best because I think he's still one of the best brains in football and was criminally underused. I think the whole England thing was a fiasco. He should have been the England manager for a long, long time. And it's amazing. It amazes me that they don't use his great experience and wisdom. It's a it's a tragedy. So, pull through, see Glenn. That all the he best. Is out of intensive care. I yeah, didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if you'd have been listening to me, you would have known that because I said that. <laughs> I think it's his. Uh, I think it's his own choice actually now not to be involved because. I, yeah, I can't say I blame him. He's mate. such a good pundit. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. I don't think I think he was treated shabbily. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but they they should be consulting him because he's clearly what a great football brain. Um, if I was him, I'd tell them to sod off. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was really quite shocking to hear that. But as I said, because I mean, he's only sixty one. I mean, Christ, that's I'm I'm not far off that. You know, good job I'm losing weight. Actually, the weird thing is, my my weight doctor did say that after the the first kind of meeting. You know, once I'd started, I went to see her again and showed her what I'd been eating and she said oh this is all really good stuff you know basically ruling out heart attacks and cancer already I think blimey it's only been three weeks it's like the elixir of youth well it's like my mum's just done her she's getting up towards four stone in weight loss now and she's basically in six months eradicated the type 2 diabetes yeah diabetes that's the other one just get it started and the difference I know and just 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 think how sexy I'm going to look when I've lost oh, all that weight, Alex. Yeah. I'll be irresistible. Be, you won't be, be able to keep your hands off me. I'm less worried about Alex keeping her hands off me. I'm more worried about Jonathan not being able to keep his hands oh, off me. Well, his hands really are full of bananas because he's vile, so don't worry. There's a, there's a joke on the end of that. Yeah, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm not going to go there. Um, anyway, yeah, look, Glenn Hoddle, pull through, mate. Uh, we're all rooting for you and nobody here will ever forget what, what you did for Chelsea. You I met him once at PSG back. and just went up to him and said, congratulations for what you did for the club, mate. That's exactly what you said, Chidge. I said, yeah. I thought you were, you started it all off, you know. And he was charming. That's what I liked yeah. about him. He didn't he's lovely. back me off. He just said, oh, that's really nice of you to say so. I appreciate it. And, yeah, he's uh, a lovely... Everybody's been saying, really lovely, haven't they? Yeah. All, all weekend, everybody's been saying what a lovely and intelligent man he is. And I mean, I met him once. I went filming. Uh, I filmed uh, at Sky while they were doing their Champions League coverage. And I met Glenn Hoddle, Rude Hullet, and uh, Gary McAllister. So I obviously I ignored McAllister, obviously. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 I talked to Rude Hullet and Glenn Hoddle. And it's like, I thought, Christ, my Christmases have all come at once. It's fantastic. And he was lovely. Um, anyway, uh, later on in the evening, um, of course, the uh, absolutely horrific news of uh, of the uh, you know the Leicester City owners' helicopter crashing just outside of the stadium, and I think most people realised when they saw the pictures of the whole thing engulfed in flames that uh, that nobody was going to walk away from that. Of course, nobody knew who was on it at the time, or, or they couldn't confirm it. Um, I then did that show on the Sunday and of course you know the minute I got there the whole uh, running order had been changed and we had to talk about that for half an hour or more 
and uh, I was, uh, you know, left under no, uh, you know, illusion that I, I had to, you know, be very sombre in my tone, which is not easy for me. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like you, Jonathan, you get pumped up for these shows, you know. So it's a bit like you've had too much sugar. So, but the reality is, I think, you know, in terms of how it affected us, is that of course it it, it really resonates with us because we lost Matthew Harding, ironically, in the same week, uh, twenty two years ago, uh, almost to the day that he died in a helicopter crash. So I think every single Chelsea supporter completely empathises with Leicester City supporters at the moment and how awful that is to lose somebody in such, you know, tragic and horrific circumstances. And and again, you know, personally and on behalf of everybody at Chelsea Fancast and all our listeners, my heart goes out to Leicester City. We're kind of there with you in spirit. And, uh, I, 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 you know, words almost fail me about how, what an awful thing that is. And I think the other thing that's come out of the news is what a really, you know, there are, there are two types of owners, aren't there? I mean, we're very lucky because we have a really good owner, um, but there are plenty of other clubs who have absolute shitheads as owners. But it sounds like Leicester City's owner was an absolutely lovely guy and really connected with their supporters, used to speak to them. He would buy them beer, give them a free travel like we get free travel donated millions to the local hospital i mean he was really really very much part of the community and i think it's going to be a huge loss not just to leicester but to the game actually because you need good people in the game don't you jonathan yeah i i wasn't aware that he'd been such an interactive um uh, chairman or owner i should say but then of course when you think about it he he wrote off their debt didn't he they were 100 million in debt and they were on the way down so uh he really is a, a major figure um, in uh, in the Premier League, I hadn't, and obviously funding the team to uh, to get into the Premier League and then win the win the Premier League title was completely phenomenal. But yeah, a, a wonderful f- philanthropist and uh, and supporter of the local community. And um, it's those bloody helicopters, bloody hell! I just every time you see one, I mean, I know the chances of these things happening are you know in the it's thousand to one or something, but oh. It's, was a uh, pilot with 22 years experience as well and oh, was a with his partner who was also um, an outstanding pilot and it but just... i think didn't he didn't he divert it into the car park that's the last thing he managed to do so i think that but they said the... it, apparently it struggled to even clear the roof there was something clearly wrong with it but Oh dear. Mm. Yes, it's very, very awful and i mean we shouldn't forget that actually is you know that there were five people who died in that accident and you know, our thoughts go out to all of them and their families. It's a really tragic thing. And as I said, you know, as Chelsea supporters, we... I mean, it brought, here's the thing. When, the minute I heard that and saw it on the news, my mind went straight back to uh, October the 22nd, 1996. Cool. And, and how absolutely awful I felt at that time. And it, it's, it's just dreadful. I mean, you don't know these people personally on the whole, but um, you kind of feel you do because they're kind of part of the same little kind of bubble that you live in when you do the whole Chelsea thing or the Leicester City thing. So we know exactly how they feel. And as I said, it's awful for them and my heart goes out to them. Um, So there we go. I think uh, it was necessary for us to do that tonight um, because, as I said, it's it's a horrible naff term, the football family. But at moments like this, you know, you realise that... uh, you know, there there really is one. We're all in it together, in a sense. So, as I said, my heart goes out to the Leicester City folks, and uh, I'm sending all positive vibes to Glenn Hoddle and his family too. Right. Um, one other thing before I go, um, the lovely John Chips Chiverton says, "Have I stopped smoking?" 
as in has Chidge stopped, stopped smoking? Yes, uh, I stopped smoking fags last December, uh, John. Um, I have I have had the odd fag whilst pissed, and when I can bully Pablo to giving me one in the pub after a game, but on the whole I've stopped. I, I'm smoking a vape thing. So I don't think that really counts. So, yeah, there you go. Off the fags as well. Right. Uh, I'm afraid, people, that that is all we have time for tonight. Uh, we will be back uh, next Monday to report back on the Chelsea versus Frank Lampard's Derby County Carabao Cup match at the Bridge on Wednesday. And, of course, Crystal Palace on Sunday. Now, don't forget to tune in to the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport uh, Radio this Friday. Uh, between 7 and 9 with me, Jonathan and Alex and uh, Aaron Paul. And again, we'll be talking about all things Chelsea. The first reaction to the uh, Derby County Chelsea game and, of course, looking ahead to the Palace game. And, of course, please, please, I hate to do this. I hate to feel that I'm begging every week, but bloody well phone in. Loads of you listen to this show on a Monday. Loads of you listen to it live in Mixler. Just think how wonderful it would be to join in. Stop me and Jonathan rabbiting nonsense and talk yourselves. <laughs> how, how, how hard is that concept to get your heads around? Anyway, just phone us, 0208 70 20 558. Uh, and if you're missing my dulcet tones, like, like hell's frozen over, I think, uh, of course, I, w- I will also be doing the Love Sport uh, show on Sunday afternoon between 12 and 3.30 p.m., uh, where uh, I get to talk about sport in general. You know, so not just Chelsea. Obviously, that will feature because we're playing Palace in the afternoon, uh, but all sorts of other things that they'll be coming up with. No idea yet, but it's quite a giggle. So do join me for that if you want to. And then I have to hopefully hair it back to Stamford Bridge. I, I think I might miss some of the start of the match on Sunday, but I'll make my do my best to get there. Uh, of course, before all that, on Thursday, uh, me and Kerry will be doing our little show, the Kerry Dixon Show. Um, if I can track him down and that'll go up on Thursday sometime and of course all of our podcasts and shows are available on Acast, Apple, Spotify and other podcast media right, follow us at uh, Chelsea Fancast on Twitter me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd and Alex at CFCGWLB which of course is the uh, is it a a monomic? I don't know Uh, somebody will tell me but it's basically CFC, girl who likes balls. Uh, and, of course, check out ChelseaFanCast.com. Right, that's enough from me before my voice gives way. Uh, I've had an absolutely fabulous time tonight. It's been a great fun show. I'm liking the idea of three, I have to say, Jonathan. You're so calm. It is yeah. calm. It is. We all get more space, don't we? I could pretend to be two people, if you like. Well, I know you've got a split personality, but I think that's a bit beyond, you know, the call of duty, really. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. I haven't. You have. You're a man of many fa- many characters, mate. We know this. Uh, but no, I like it. I'm, I'm feeling that maybe this is the way forward. So I shall, I shall get the mighty brain onto this. But there you go. Uh, but Alex, as always, absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Yay, Friday! Woohoo! Mm, good fun. And Jonathan, as always, uh, you're an absolute star. Really, really enjoyed it uh, with you tonight, as ever. And, of course, I'll see you again on Friday, too. Look forward to it, Chidge. Excellent. We'll be able to talk about Brilliant. the game. Fantastic. Yes, it'll be great. Well, hopefully we'll be in, in a good mood and, and seen uh, us thump uh, Derby about four or five nil and, uh, and serenaded Frank to make him feel a bit better and then all will be right with the world. Um, but until then, all to say, by the way, thank you so much to all the Mixler peeps who have been brilliant. I've, I've been a bit uh, you know, remiss in, 
in really you know checking out what you've been saying so i apologize for that i will do better next week but it's always lovely to see you in there uh very much part of our family which i i really utterly embrace so there you go so enough from all of us we'll be back later in the week thank you for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree keep it chels It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.